Hello and welcome to CigarCast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. We're recording live from Mission Cigar and Social here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debbin. I'm joined as I am every week. I can't find my cutter and lighter. I usually get this out of my pocket ahead of time. Mr. Shane Reeves, looking at me like I'm trying to do something naughty in public. <laughs> well, you were digging around awful deep there. Okay, that's neat. Oh, yeah. That's is actu- that a paleo? No, no, that's one of the best free Drew Estate cutters I've ever had. The only problem is it's that I, I hate that we've made the industry uh, pivot towards entirely the solid back cutters as freebies because there's more marketing available on them. But mm. I just, I like the ones that are open on, but, but that's cool. I like that. Yeah, I set that out so that you could cut your, if you want to cut your cigar with it that way. Now, don't push it all the way in because it's still a little deep. It's a little deep. But it, it offers a great level of control. So we're joined tonight by Zach Fulkerson. Did I pronounce that right? You did. Okay. Yeah, correct. Zach works here at the shop. How long have you been working here? I was here in February, so I think nine months now. Okay. See, it doesn't seem like it's been that long. Zach has been learning under the, sitting under the learning tree, if you will, with me about how to be a poker dealer. He's been our fill-in poker dealer now. The shop started providing us a dealer as we got to where we had three tables almost every week. Shop started dropping a dealer for us, and Zach's been that. And Zach wanted That's to do awesome. the show with us tonight, so he is now doing the show. No, I'm how, very grateful to be here. Very how grateful. long have you been dealing? Uh, since almost the very beginning. <laughs> Cards, um, Zach. Cards. Oh, well, that's a little bit shorter. <laughs> um, it was about a month after I got here. Monty oh, asked okay. me to, yeah. I didn't realize you guys, but I guess it makes sense. You've been at three tables that long. Yeah, we've been at three tables, and um, one of the guys that was dealing, bless his heart, he's a wonderful guy, but he's kind of old and getting a little, well, a little, a little grouchy at times with the guys. So it was time to kind of. He was a little grouchy eight years ago. I'd hate to think what he's like now. And he's a, he's a wonderful guy. I love him to death. Same. It was, it was a good time to bring someone else in to start doing some dealing. Excellent. And the shop, once again, showing they appreciate it, pays Zach to come in here and set up. I don't have to count out chips. I oh, don't have that's... to count cards. Zach gets in here, gets it all set up, gets it all done. When I'm done, he tears it all down. That's pretty great. Yeah. Well, I'm very thankful for the experience because I didn't know very much about poker at all. You you can attest to that. Starting out, I had no idea about poker, and now I'm a I'm a pretty avid fan. I watch World Series on TV, and I'm, I'm paying attention when the games are going and getting. So I love learning. That's my that's my big thing, and so getting to learn something new has been really cool. So what's hilarious? You should have seen it the first night when Zach sat at my table and I was teaching him how to deal. The other guys at my table, I said, listen. I told them all from the get-go. I said, listen up. Zach can only take instruction from one person at a time, and that is me. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of you? You know your player as well. Right. The rest of you, keep it shut. I, I appreciate that y'all want to help. I appreciate that y'all think that you have something to contribute, and that's awesome. But he can learn from one person at a time, and tonight, that's me. And I thought the top of their heads were going to explode <laughs> off. It, I actually had guys texting me, hey, please tell Jack. <laughs> <laughs> they were itchy. They were oh, very I itchy. Bet. You could tell. Yeah, yeah, it was absolutely driving them nuts. You would see eyes darting and bloodshot. It was hilarious. Now, I gave them plenty of opportunity to comment on things I was doing wrong, to be entirely fair. But... <laughs> But anyway, all right, let's light up our cigars. All right. Well, you're going to have to talk about mine while I get it lit because this so, is the third Saturday cigar. Yeah, this week was the third Saturday. It did not turn out as well for Tennessee fans, but it turned out as well as it can be and as we don't have a quarterback currently. Um, so third Saturday in October is always the legendary Tennessee versus Alabama game has been that way. I think it was... David could tell us exactly, but I think it was 1930s that the third Saturday in October became... The official date. Right. It's almost 100 years. Yeah. And so we wanted to commemorate that day with a nice cigar, third Saturday. So we had a third Saturday label custom made. Now, that cigar is an Ashton cigar. Once you get it all lit, you haven't got it all lit yet. Yeah, I know, but I ran out of butane. <laughs> oh. So... um that cigar is an Ashton cigar. It's actually... So there's, t- there's a couple of ways you make cigars. You can 
go to a factory, make your own blend, do your own blending, do your own talking to the guys, and order 10,000 of them, and they'll make you a cigar. But that's hardly practical for a shop our size. Right. So you go to the alternative methods, which is lots of factories have unbanded cigars sitting just for such a purpose. And so we went and got an Ashton for that reason. What are you snickering about? Oh, just a correction to the text. It was not put. It was rat was the word that it was oh, supposed to be. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, that was the so that's the third Saturday. It's an Ashton cigar. I don't know if it'll be Ashton next year, but Ashton had the advantage of being able to get us the cigar in a timely manner. Mm. I bet I smoked. Well, you know. How many times have we talked about on the show how many cigars I smoked trying to figure out that cigar? Well, I know I had six, so I imagine you must have had probably close to 20. Yeah, I'm close to 20. And I would find one that'd be a good cigar, but it wouldn't have mass appeal. I feel like that cigar has mass appeal. I would say so from, from the beginning of it, at least. So It's also Churchill. I did. I ordered it in Churchill. I love a Churchill. I do, too. And I thought a Churchill was the perfect size to do so. Well, it's about the right size for a half a football, too. Yeah, it worked, it worked out real well. Ashton did a great job on them. We got the labels ordered, got the labels put on literally the Monday before. Now, did you smoke Third Saturday, Zach? I did not. No, I haven't had a chance to. We sold a bunch of them. And I was kind of of the mind that I didn't want anyone coming in. I'm, you know, I work here, so I didn't want to be the guy that's hogging all of the Third Saturdays if someone wanted to buy one. But I saw that there's still some left, so I'm going to smoke one. Yeah. Yeah. So, what are you smoking? I'm smoking the Charter Oak Broadleaf. I'm on a budget, and that's a, one of my favorite budget sticks. So, It's mine, too. I, I've smoked at least 10 boxes worth of that cigar. Nice. And that might be conservative. Yeah, that's pro- that may be just in the last two years. Yeah, it's, I, have, I love that cigar. And for the price, it can't be beat. Yeah. So, I'm smoking a GTO. Um, Oscar... So two weeks ago, Crux was supposed to come sponsor the poker game. And Ben called and said, hey, sorry, I got COVID. I can't make it. I can't come sponsor the poker game. And Oscar drove up here from Birmingham to to sponsor our poker game. That's that's exactly the kind of guy he is. Yeah, it doesn't surprise you at all knowing Oscar. No, not at all. Although I do wish you had told me he was in town because I haven't seen him in a while and I really want to run into him. Well, it, it kind of all come together so yeah, quick, no, but totally I should, yeah, I should have shot you a text. But we brought GTOs in here. I seen Oscar at the show, and I introduced him to Mark. And despite what the appearance would be, the show is a tough place to set up a new cigar account because you got so much going on. Right. You're talking to, you're hitting, you're doing. So it's a and good. And you're smoking so many cigars that it's really hard to get a true taste for how this is going to fit in the humidor. Yeah, it's a much better place just to say, hey, hi, how are you doing, and when can you come see us? Right. And Oscar came and seen us. It's Dr. Oscar Rodriguez. GTO stands for Good Tobacco by Oscar. I finally found out what GTO stood for. Gotcha. Um, He came. He sponsored the game. He did great. His cigars are doing great in here, I think. I think it's been a home run. What have you thought? Have you had many of the very GTOs well. have you smoked? Zach? I have not had very many at all. Um, I've been trying to make my way through the humidor as, as good as I can, all of the cigars that we have. I need to get on GTO because you're right. They're selling really, really well, and I want to have more to say about them, and I don't, unfortunately. But the one, I, I did smoke uh, the Corona Corojo, and that one I really enjoyed. That, that's my favorite one that I've had so far. Yeah, I remember, so I... I I met Oscar back in, I think, 2012 or 2013 when I was working for Calibri. And so at the time, he just had really the painkiller. And there were, and I think he had a barber pole. Like, he only had like three lines. Um, But he and I hit it off pretty much immediately because he is just such a good guy. And I really like the fact that his blends are very, they're very unique in that I feel like. I don't smoke his cigars and go, oh, this is just like X or whatever. But they're also like mass appeal. Yeah. Like, like they're very just exactly what you expect. The term I always use, and I'm smoking the Anastasia, by the way. Um, the, to- the Anastasia Forte is what I'm smoking. But um, I use the term clean. Yeah. His tobacco tastes cleaner to me. 
it's not like a foundation or aroma craft or to me sometimes boutique tobacco can have that kind it has of has a bite gr- yeah that that bite that bitter mm-hmm. that grittier flavor so I always describe his cigars as clean I think that's a pretty accurate um, way to describe them so moving on to our first oh what was that what brings you here tell us about yourself well goodness so I'm a employee you got 25 words I'm an employee at the shop here. Uh, I live here in Spring Hill. I'm a Tennessee native, born and raised. Whereabouts? I was born at St. Thomas Hospital in Nashville. Okay. Um, I grew up in Franklin in Thompson Station. All right. Yep. I live about three minutes away on my way home when it's 11 at night and about 20 minutes on the way here (laughs) during traffic. So... you and Zach, Trey and Zach, share one thing in common. If either one of you shaved your beards, you would be carded when you went to buy beer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I am, in fact. It yeah, happens often. Yeah. They, you both have that young. I mean, how old do you think would you anticipate Zach to be? Well, now that you've told me that, I'll, I'll try. I would say 27. I just turned 26. Okay. Yeah. And how many kids would you think he has? I I would probably say zero, but I'm guessing that's not correct. It's not correct, no. How many kids you got? I have two right now. The, um, the pause that you took? I thought he was going to say like six. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we have, uh, I have a three-year-old daughter and an 18-month-old son, and uh, we're working on our way towards three right now. Excellent. Mazel yeah. tov. Thank you very much. I'm glad you got took a break, come to work, and did the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, when I see Zach, I think 25, 24 year old at the top, and then when he starts talking about having kids, I'm like, holy cow! <laughs> it's when you're when you're that age and have a three year old. It's really it it. I don't want to say it puts people off, but it it challenges because I, I have a 15 year old, mm-hmm. and so I was 21 when she was born. Yeah. And uh, it's it's the same thing yeah. of like, you tell people you have a kid, and and it's just that, especially when you look as young as we do, it yeah. just doesn't it doesn't compute. Their yeah. brain has to sh- has to reboot for a second. Well, most people in that age category, that early twenties, they are not worried about kids. Most of them have just graduated college, or they're working on their their internships and their new jobs, and uh, so it's a different. It, it, most of the people that we're friends with are quite a few years older than us because those are the people we relate with. You know, yeah. we, we are up through the middle of the night every single night with our young kids and they understand how that feels. So it, it was funny up until a couple of years ago. So I have a son who will be two in December. That's right. So a big age gap. Yeah. And, um, so it was funny until he was born all of our friends were in their mid-20s because my daughter being 15, we were kind of out of the baby phase. Right. So we were actually closer to the childless 20-year-olds than we were the, Interesting. <laughs> the people yeah. our own age who, yeah. had, who had young kids. Yeah. All right. So let's do our first article here. Okay. I got my auto lock right. S.T. DuPont. This is from Cigar Aficionado. S.T. DuPont puts a Picasso in the palm of your hand. Okay, so this is... What is the name of this picture that's on this thing? Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. Scribblings it's, of an eight-year-old? It's what, see, I knew that was going to be your complaint against Picasso. You're one of those... That can't be good because I could do it, isn't it? Um, well, I don't know that I could do that, but I know I could get close. I know that... Uh, the bit, I might need the Crayola big box to get there, okay. but I could get close. And uh, okay, first and foremost, Picasso is one of the ones I don't understand. Portrait of Jacqueline in a straw hat. Okay. How did you not know that from looking at it? Where's the hat? <laughs> it's the yellow squiggly line at the top. <laughs> oh, I thought that was just some sort of a, a stain. You thought it was framing? Yeah, something like that. So, S.T. DuPont is now making this series of ashtrays, lighters, ink pens, keychains. How much do you think the price on an S.T. DuPont keychain is? Oh, six fifty. Got gotta be gotta be well, over. The, to the credit, to their credit, their lighter was actually cheaper than I expected at eighteen hundred dollars. So, okay, cigars 
are a bastion of masculinity. There is See, nothing. I reject masculine. your premise before you even keep going. There's nothing non-masculine about art. There is very non-masculine about this particular piece of Picasso art. So what is your... How? Because it's a depiction of a woman or because it's Picasso or because okay. you just don't like it? <laughs> First and foremost, there's nothing on this that tells you this is a woman. There is not boob one Look at in the this eyelashes. Picture. I was going to say the eyelashes. Hey, yeah, exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, I grew up Zach, you can come back anytime you want. <laughs> I grew up listening to 80s rock bands. Dudes with that eyelashes are a dime a dozen. <laughs> At all. I'm just saying, I, especially in today's culture, dudes of eyelashes. There's nothing about this that makes, I don't know, I just feel like if I'm sitting in the circle and somebody whips out their Pablo Picasso, um, you know, 1800 DuPont lighter and starts opening, I am immediately think less of that person. Even if you already know me as well as you do, you would still think less of me because I, I don't have $1,800 to throw at a DuPont lighter. But if I were going to, this is the first I've ever seen from them that is like, yes, that's enough, like, unique, but not so ostentatious as, like, the gold dust stuff. I would, that would be the one I would buy. Would you take this over the James Bond? Uh, it'd be a toss. Well, they don't make the James Bond one anymore. Say, say. Let's I, say they, it would be, probably, yeah. Wow. All right, Zach, you get to be the tiebreaker. I hate it. Trey loves it. I'm not going to break the tie because I'm kind of right in the middle. I wouldn't pay that much for it. I, I don't. I don't. What would you What would you pay for a Pablo Picasso <laughs> put on an ST DuPont lighter? I don't know that I would. I, there's something else I could buy with whatever money I would spend on it. It's really cool. What does it take to put you in this lighter today? Yeah. So there is a there is a Picasso painting. It's the I can't remember what it's called. It's a almost black and white one with the the big bull. I don't know if you're familiar yeah, with that one. Yeah, I, I know the one that you're one, about. That's a cool painting. I like that one, and but just because I'm not a huge fan of the painting, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but it's just not my taste. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I would buy it. I don't think I'd. I don't think I'd buy a St. Dupont anyway. Yeah. At any point in my life, I don't anticipate ever being in that tax bracket. I, I don't either, to be fair. Uh, but I do like this. I like that it's a branch out from you know St. Dupont has St. Dupont has always been fairly stodgy and elegant. This is whimsical, mm-hmm. like Picasso's work. I do like that. Yeah. I think that's an interesting shift for them. Silly is the word I would use. <laughs> uh, okay, fine. I'll, I'll allow silly. Oh, uh, speaking of which. Speaking of silly? No, speaking, speaking of, of you being wrong. So what, to what do you owe me the apology? Okay, I thought you were going to hit this after the break. That's why I didn't bring it up. Um, okay, we'll hit it after the break. Yeah. I've, yeah. Cigar Journal. To, see, that's called foreshadowing, Zach. That's <laughs> professionals in the business. So we, we see how we work. It is until you in. call it out. Totem. Yeah, if, I, makes... if I hadn't have mentioned it, <laughs> you'd, you'd have been hanging on our every word until the break. Uh, Totem is making their French debut. Now, now we uh, have talked about this company before on the show. When actually, when the, these three ashtrays that we're talking about were released, and as I recall at the time, it was the same, which was that you hated it and I loved it. I don't recall it being this, but you very well could be right. I definitely, um, you know, okay, Healing Frog, Thunderbird. That, that, let me tell you something. As someone who has looked at a tremendous amount of cryptids in my life, that's the worst Thunderbird I've ever seen. <laughs> the, the Thunderbird's a big cryptid thing, and that is a terrible representation of a Native American Thunderbird. I'll, I, I'll give you that. This looks like... Someone that never smoked a cigar decided to design an ashtray. Say that again. This looks like somebody decided that had never smoked a cigar decided to design an ashtray. Maybe. So my only complaint with this is that I, I don't like the shape of this. Is the and we've all seen this style of ashtray, which it looks like a, a hubcap basically with uh, you know with notches for your cigar. It's too shallow. I don't like the shape of it. But I love Native American art and art inspired by Native American iconography. So I, I, I get down on this. Plus, I like big, bold colors. And to your point earlier about, like, masculinity, everything around cigars for so long has been mahogany and leather and black metal and just very sort of staunch, like, your granddad's masculinity. Mm. 
But there's nothing... Shane like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting a boner. Keep going. <laughs> V8s and... Oh, wait. Um, no, down boy. Uh, I do, but, so I like the bright, the bold colors. I like... It's part of why, even though I'm not a huge fan of Drew Estate's cigars, I really like their branding yep. because they push that envelope away from the bland and... Um, sort of uh, stereotypical into the more wider realm. I, I do like these. So, okay, there's two different things. One, I love Native American iconog- iconography. This ain't it. This has nothing to do with it. This is, um, the, the, this has no soul. It's just pictures. There's no soul here. I like it. I like to depict the hunt and depict the value. So would you feel better if they carved these paintings off the rock and then carved the rock into the ashtray? Uh, well, I mean, we don't have to be. You could carve it out of a buffalo horn. I'd be okay. fine with that. At all. So, okay. So, Zach? Uh, the only thing that I would weigh in, the, the title, you know, being their French debut, does this type of art on the ashtrays, is that more culturally significant in France than maybe it would be in the United States? Why is it significant that they're just now moving to France? You know, I had the exact same thought because I'm, because re- it reminded me that, because that was my first thought was, was this isn't going to mean anything to the French people, right. but there's a, there was a great episode of No Reservations with Anthony Bourdain where he goes to the the northeast corner of of China on the on the border with Siberia like way up there and there's a whole subculture there of americana the cowboy boots the western motifs and things like that so i'm wondering if there is an underground of sort of americana or native americana that's kind of gaining pop culture notoriety uh, in europe That's an interesting thought. I had never thought of that. So, from the ridiculous to the practical. Okay. I think somebody should invent an ashtray picker-upper. Because there is no... You know these big ceramic ashtrays that we're surrounded by? There's no good way to grab hold of one of those. No, there's not. Especially... Because you have to hook your thumb into the bowl of the ashtray if you're trying to do it one-handed. And if it's a well-used ashtray, there's really no clean place to do that. Well, yeah. that's why I get paid as much as I do, because you have to have a skilled approach to it. Mm. I would be out of a job if there was a, an ashtray picker-upper. And that's, that's, that is half of my job title. You're the ashtray picker-upper. I am the ashtray yeah. picker-upper. Well, no, that's fine. In my house, I'm the dishwasher, so I get it. <laughs> I'm just saying... Okay, what's your technique for grabbing one of these ashtrays? Do you distract the guy with the cigar, sneak up behind him? Well, no, typically what I do is I have, like, a, if, there's an, if there's a cigar in the ashtray, I say I come up with a clean ashtray. I always replace it. I don't take it and leave you without an ashtray for mm-hmm. a second. Uh, so if there's, an, if there's a cigar in the ashtray, I say, hey, would you mind if I swap out your ashtray, clean it up? And uh, it's just a clean swap. I'm working here. It's like so that I'm, scene in Indiana Jones where he's got the fresh one yeah. and he's trying to time exactly it just what right. That's exactly what it is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered why I seen you chased out of here by a giant boulder the other day. A <laughs> <laughs> big D just tripped. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> but no, I, there, there are instances where there will be ash all over every corner and all the rest and stuff. And I mean, you just kind of suck it up and you grab it as clean as you can and then you wash your hands when you're done. If he takes up mountain climbing, we'll know it's for his grip strength so he can just grab one by the corner and pick it up. It's funny you mention that because I am a rock climber. And and (laughs) when I'm holding... You have that build about you. I had a feeling. I have have a a challenge sometimes where I'll be like, I want to carry this all the way. I need to use two hands, but I'm going to carry it with one hand just to practice. Well... Number one, I did not have that on my bingo card tonight. <laughs> if, if you if you learn how to cut the cigar with the bull whip, that that's gratuity enhancing that behavior. Cool. Yeah. If if I could hold my cigar, if I could just walk in and say Zach, hold my cigar, we go, pouch and the cap just flies off. Yeah. That that would that would bring them from miles around. It'd be like the <laughs> what is the company where they throw the rolls at people? Lambert's. Yeah. Be like, come to mission, Zach. Will crack your cigar off of a whip. You rare back. Is that going to be a V, a punch, or a straight? <laughs> oh, now, now he's getting. Now fancy. he's getting. <laughs> okay, now hold the match in your teeth. <laughs> no, apparently, apparently, we've carried this Indiana Jones motif as far as possible. 
Um, um, yeah. So why don't we take five? Mm-hmm. When we come back from the break, Trey is going to issue an official public apology on behalf of the egregious harm in which he inflicted upon me in one of the last episodes. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> it's a minor apology. Almost not worth mentioning it. <laughs> but we'll have that more when we get back. Cigar Cast. This is one of your hosts, Shane, sitting across from the man about to humbly issue an apology. <laughs> you are you are really working this one up. So no, so two weeks ago on the show, I accused you of being the man with the worst taste in TV, and I stand by that. However, I'm still watching Justified. So I, even though it's not my favorite, it's still good enough for me to do the full run through. And today I was watching an episode. Okay, so I bet I can guess which one you like. Okay. Next one's coming faster. So, do you know that's in freaking credible? <laughs> have you watched the series? I have, I have not. Oh, no. Okay. That's absolutely astonishing to me. But, wait. Do you know why I'm issuing, issuing an apology on that line? Why is that? Because they called it back. So today I'm watching the episode where they call it back because he's, he's being accused of, of murdering Gary. Right. And so they, they bring up the whole thing where he's talking, you know, because, yes, it's a good line. You know, he throws a bullet at the guy and he goes, next one's coming faster. Like, that's, that's a cool line. Yeah. But I'm watching a TV show where everyone's swinging it around all the time. You kind of expect that sort of thing. But I love that he's in the interrogation room where the FBI agents are asking him and he, he talks about it. And the guy goes, oh, my gosh, that's a great line. Did you come up with that? And he's like, no, I just heard it in a Western somewhere. I thought it was a cool. Like, I love that he took the power out of the line by making it a reference. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that was cool. That was a clever plot device. I cannot believe you got that close on it. That's amazing. And I knew that's the part of the series that sticks out for me. Mm. Is if I if I was thinking about a moment and a line and the way that whole thing worked together, yeah. Because granted, that's part of one of the worst plots in the show, right? But now the guy that was the villain—I forget who the blonde-haired guy, what his name is—that was the villain in that. Win Duffy. No. No. Um, oh, the the Detroit guy. Yeah, I watched the episode on the way down here. Couldn't tell you his name. Great, great actor. Yeah, great character actor. Everything I've ever seen him in, he's been awesome. Um, but anyway, all right. So we're also being joined by Zach, works here at the shop. And I'll have you not watched? So you haven't watched Justified? I have not. I don't How watch. Did you get hired here not having watched Justified? I don't. Uh, you can ask Jake and Jose the same thing. I would be surprised. We, we don't have a whole lot of time on our hands here. So we have clearly established that this is a man of great taste. <laughs> so it is no surprise that he hasn't watched Justified. I, I never thought the two of you would get along this well. It's pretty funny. I, I really, I really Usually you bring a guest onto the show and it's, it's you guys versus me. Yeah. This is a fun turn of events. Yeah, this is really different. So I don't watch very much TV at all. And that's just kind of a... I, I actually used to do filmography and uh, make videos and, and stuff in high school. And I loved being behind the camera. And it was always funny. We'd talk about different films and different series and stuff. That Why don't you two just get married? <laughs> we, we would always talk about films and stuff and, like, the great films. Like, I've, I've never seen Breakfast Club. I've never seen all, those kind of movies that I've never, I've never seen. And it's not because I don't want to. It's just that sitting down and watching a show is not necessarily... So when I was younger, when you're a kid, and especially nowadays, when you get grounded, you lose the TV. First thing you lose, no, no TV privileges. When I got in trouble when I was younger, the only thing I was allowed to do tied him up, made him was, was sit right. down and watch and watch TV. And the only thing that I enjoyed watching was Animal Planet. I loved Crocodile Hunter, Jeff Corwin. That's all I ever watched. And so because I wanted to be outside, and that was the closest right. I could get. <laughs> well, so first and foremost, you two are way too much alike. <laughs> Trey's talked about his history and doing film and stuff like that and all that. If it were socially acceptable to take my shirt off in here, I would show you the tattoo of the logo of my first film production company. Oh, cool. That's funny. <laughs> it's not. 
<laughs> well can, aware. Can we'll you, revisit. Can you believe we actually had to restate that one night in here? Some guy was pulling his shirt up and showing it. Monty said, hey, cut that out. <laughs> and also, it's kind of funny that that's the, the way it goes. So what Zach was talking about during the break that I felt we should bring back in. Restate your question, Zach. Well, we talked about uh, the, the cigar cutter uh, Indiana Jones whip. And my question was, you, you go to a nice cigar lounge, and they will cut your cigar, they'll stick it in your mouth, and they'll light it for you. So what is what is the next They'll step? hand it to you and let you stick it in their mouth. They're sticking it in your mouth. Well, you're, yeah. you're at the wrong shop. Open wide, buddy. Here you go. <laughs> well, Just the cap. Six, Just six the cap. Engagement. I got the gal. <laughs> <laughs> but what would be what would be the next step? You know, is there anything, and not in a, not in necessarily a gimmicky way, but is there anything that could uh, improve that experience? If they used, you know, a, like they brought a, a hot stone to your table and like just rested the cigar on it and it lit that way. Like, is there anything like that that would be? Oh, cool? see, I was going the other way. I was thinking if this was a massage chair. Okay, that would be well. I'll Although tell- I don't know that I would want to sit in the massage chair after somebody else. <laughs> but the idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, one of the innovations that's actually at a cigar shop up the road here from us, and it's compliments of John um, Sandella, who's the manager up there, and mm-hmm. he's just a great, great guy. John comes in here from time to time. Yep. Love John to death. He's an absolutely great guy. He's trained his customers. They'll walk in and they'll say, hey, John. I want a mystery tasting. And John will go in the humidor. He knows his customer. Mm. He'll find a cigar that he knows they don't smoke regularly. But will probably like. He'll take the label off of it, put it in an envelope, and bring them the cigar and the label in a separate envelope. That's pretty, that is cool. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, and the guys up there eat it up. And I don't, they probably, of course, John is way too good an employee to be working for Dave. He's, he's so much better an employee than Dave deserves. Yeah. Well, um, that's, that goes without saying. <laughs> but the fact that he does that, there, and that happens very regularly. Guys come in there and they see John. That's what they want to do. They want to have that mystery tasting. So as far as adding a service to a shop, that I think that really... That is really cool. And Monty actually brought up doing something like that. And he's done it occasionally, but having that as a, as a practice is really cool. There's something they do, and I realize most shops couldn't pull this off, but they do it at Casa, and I really like, which is that they bring you a glass of water when you sit down. I love that. Yeah. And it's just because it... Now, granted, it makes me feel obligated to tip when I don't order anything from the bar. I don't mind that because I appreciate, I legitimately appreciate the service, yeah. and that's what a tip is for. Yeah. Um, but I, I pretty much just drink water and coffee are like my two only drinks, and so just having that... Don't have to buy a bottle of water. Just and it's just there. It's part of the service. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's a really interesting when you start talking about okay, what's the next level of service for cigar shops? I would rather have the water and the mystery cigar over the them sticking it in my mouth and lighting it. Yeah. I would much rather. I I always hate when I go to a shop, especially for the first like, I was at a few months ago. I was at the Casa Monte Cristo in New York. And that's their whole thing is they, they offer to cut it for you. And most, most shops, especially if you're just buying one cigar and you're clearly from out of town, they'll be like, do you want me to cut it for you? Because they assume you don't have one with you. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I always feel weird when having somebody else cut my cigar. I'm, I'm capable. It'd be like if somebody filled up my gas tank for me. Like, I'm, it's a low-skill endeavor, and I'm, I'm able-bodied. I'm, I'm good. Well, and you develop your own certain way of doing it, and, and you find that... Uh, so I went to the Blend Bar in, in Nashville mm. a few, uh, number of months ago, and I, got, I bought a Davidoff, which is not a cheap cigar, and the gal that cut it, she lopped off, I mean, the entirety of the cap all the way down to where it was straight, and I was just sitting there just like, golly, I just spent so much money on this cigar, and she's cutting it, and you know, and it could have split or whatever. And I just don't feel like here, when someone asks me to cut their cigar, I always get nervous because I'm like, I, they just paid money for this cigar, and there's always, I cut my cigar with a knife. I just, you know, sliver off the cap and just get it out of the way. And when you're using a cutter, I feel like I get, I get you know, splits in the wrapper very often on my own cigars. I, well, would, I would say probably 50... 
90% of the time when I have like a wrapper fall off or I have like construction issues, I'm not talking about like draw, but like where the, the cigar just falls apart on me. I'd say 50% of the time it comes down to the cut. Yeah. Like, so it's a, it's a high risk endeavor. Yeah. Well, see, this goes back. You've got to perfect the cut in the cigar of a whip. I mean, Indiana Elferman walks in here and pops the tops off of cigars regularly. I think we're, I think we're gold. Elferman? I forgot his last name. <laughs> well, I had another thought, too. I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, House of Cards down in Nashville. Yeah. They've got, it's kind of a magic show, cigar, you know, nice cocktail bar thing. If you, if you had a, uh, like a dartboard lineup, and so you, you throw the cigar in the air and you take a knife and throw it as it's falling, and then it falls in the fair maiden's hands as she's you know falls to the ground, and that's yes, how you get your hands, cigar cut. Her exactly. Hands, right in between her hands. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other, the other thing I did want to tell this, I'm about to bring Trey more joy than he's had brought to him in a while. Definitely the most joy he's had of his pants on. Um, so, DJ, one of our locals here, he went up there to the other shop, and he got a LFD chisel. Mm-hmm. And the guy behind the counter just cut it for him. <laughs> oh, no, he didn't. Because he assumed there was only one way to cut a chisel. And DJ said, what if I'd wanted the platypus? And he said, what's the platypus? Oh, that makes me so <laughs> the, happy. The legend of the platypus is growing. <laughs> oh, I, that does, that, I needed to hear that today. That is phenomenal. Um, real quick, with the chisel, when you use a V cut, so, okay. Yeah. I invented that. You go crossways. Yeah. 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 And well, me and um, uh, Sean, um, oh my gosh. Leftowitz? No, uh, uh, Forged. Hardiman. Hardiman. Thank you. Hey, I was close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Sean Hardiman was with LFD for years before mm-hmm. he moved on to Forge. And so when I was with Calibri and he was with LFD, we were sitting at a shop somewhere one night and we invented the platypus together. That's yeah, awesome. The, the legend of the platypus is growing. That makes me so happy. <laughs> and I, I just I hope that when LFD officially acknowledges the platypus... I guarantee as, they don't. As a cut, they they credit yourself and Sean for that. I actually love. I think it's a neat little. Do you guys ever pop the cap on the on the? I have, yeah. Where you just chisels. squeeze it long you just ways. Squeeze in it, it, and the cap just flies off. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty cool. It's a nice part of a trick. pimple here. I'm laughing. It's a pretty cigar. cool. It, I don't, well, there's no other cigar that you can do that with. So that was how I always cut my chisels before before the V cut. Yeah. So, from Half Wheel, New Air X Bovita 500 count electric cigar humidor goes on sale. So, Bovita's getting in the humidor business here. Well, they've been in the humidor business a little uh, bit. Yeah, the acrylic guess, humidors, the bag yeah. humidor. Yeah, well, I think th- this is different because it's a collaboration. I don't understand yeah. the. the yeah, this is the, this is the high end move. So, the, it's a wine cooler. Basically, it's it's a wine cooler essentially. Yeah, it's basically a wine cooler that doesn't have. Well, why, do wine coolers have humidifying humidity? No, controls? no, but it, but this doesn't have humidific- electronic humidification either. That's why I think it's just the electronic part of it is the light inside and the and the temperature control, and so basically all they've done is take the metal wire wine racks out and put cedar shelves in. Well. What I do like about this is I like the peg system in the shelves yeah. mm-hmm. where you can just move the pegs around because there's a lot of times that that would be handy in my life that I could kind of dam up certain cigars from others. My my humidor is over overabundant right now because I just got a whole bunch more. And yeah, having those... Cause the dividers that come in box humidors always go the full length or the full width of the humidor. And it's... It, I don't always want that because depending on the size and shape. So having that, just that little peg to kind of hold things where they, I love that. Yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah, I kind of like this dowel and peg system they've got set up here. It's set up to use the Bovita packs. Um, do you think this works? I do. I, I don't have any problem with using Bovita packs. In fact, I use one of the jars with the crystals in my humidor. And it's a 50 count. And, in fact, I used to have two, and I p- had to pull one out because they were over-humidifying. So if the two that are the size of the NyQuil cup is too big for a 50 count, 
then one of the big jars or two of the big jars is really all you need for this. Speaking of which, we have espionage going on here at the mission. Oh, yeah? Twice now we have walked in and found the humidifier unplugged in the humidor. Now, is it espionage or is it sabotage? That sounds like sabotage. Uh, I, guess, I guess espionage is information. Sabotage is destruction. Yeah. Okay. Have sabotage. the Beastie Boys been running around? <laughs> Thank you. Listen up, y'all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, now, not only do I feel old, I feel old and fat. <laughs> Thanks, y'all. Zach, you're never coming on again. Been nice having it's you. It's been a roller coaster, hasn't you, it? You have an open invitation anytime you want. Um, so the other day, I, got, I grabbed a Placencia and I was smoking. I'm like, man, this is the dry, or a Perdomo. I said, this is the driest Perdomo I've ever smoked in my life. And I asked Mark, I said, what's the deal? This thing's falling apart in my hand. And uh, of course, I smoked through it because I'm a trooper. Yeah. And Mark went in there and he said the humidor has the humidifier is unplugged and you've and this thing is not it's not like because it's it's on this back wall you have to reach behind the shelf to unplug it yeah it's not like you drop a box and you could unplug it or it could fall it had out to be of the intentional wall. somebody and then Monty when I brought it up again tonight he said yeah I found it unplugged the other day do they have cameras in there there uh, is a camera but it doesn't face the the back where that would be yeah. I can't imagine who would have the time in there, un, you know, just to do that. Yeah, only you, Shane. <laughs> Maybe it is me. Are you know. blacking out and, un, and dropping the humidification? But that's the worst sleeper agent program in the history of man. <laughs> Somebody plays who dog lets the dogs out, and I go unplug a humidifier. That's an interesting choice of a trigger song. <laughs> well, something I normally wouldn't listen to. Yeah. it's got to it's got to be something. Y'all mentioned it, Beastie Boys, so we can't get no worse on the musical chart. <laughs> chart was there can be no. I mean. Vanilla Ice or the Beastie Boys? I can't decide who was worse. Wow, that's that's a horrendous comparison. I can't decide who's worst. Oh, the Beastie Boys were great. They were. They as far no, as musical what? talent or like no, no cultural dude. relevance. There you go. Yeah, as far as being a perfect product of their time and the <laughs> musical trends yeah. of like absolutely. Well, me and Ace were on the way to the park the other day, so I had Kids Bop Radio on my Sirius. And the Teenage Mutant... That's the way I roll. <laughs> teenage Mutant You're just going to w- walk right by that like it wasn't... I didn't realize that the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle song was sung by Vanilla Ice, which it makes sense that at that time... The the t- Go Turtle, Go Turtle, yeah. or Go Ninja, Go... Yeah. Yeah. I don't, which, by the way, you could never do today. <laughs> Probably not, no. It would never work today. But, um, yeah, and, and I was like, oh. So there was... Because all I ever knew was one Vanilla Ice song. Which was, believe it or not, a B-side. Was it? Yeah. Well, it's just a rip-off of Under Pressure. Well, yeah. But his well, his first, uh, the A-side of that single was actually a, um, I don't remember what the song was, but it was a cover. Hmm. So, not fight a whole for, lot of original. Fight for Your Right to Party? No. <laughs> that had not come out yet, Shane. Oh, terrible. So, wait, no, Beastie Boys was before Vanilla Ice. No. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, Beastie Boys definitely before Vanilla Ice. Well, so somebody out there furiously Googling that <laughs> right now as yeah. we're on the podcast. While Trey looks up the fact that I'm right. So you said you have a humidor similar to this? Yeah, it's almost the exact same thing. Um, what I find interesting, again, is the collab with New Air and Bovida. Because I, if I'm looking at this correctly, it looks like the only... Uh, the thing that Bovida is offering with this humidor is there's just slots designated in the walls or, or the bottom of the humidor where you can put your Bovida packs. So I don't understand. It, that's not a whole lot different. The one that I have, there is a, a gap in the back where the the water would go, the little water right. tray. I just throw a Bovida pack in there. Hmm. And it's a, I use a 69%, 320 gram for a 250 count humidor. And Really, the benefit is that it it seals so nice. I well sometimes too well because I have a sixty nine percent in there, and I got to leave the door open sometimes because it'll get up to seventy four percent if it gets warm enough and the humidity and temperature are playing off right. Um, so I'm thinking about going down to like a sixty five percent because it just it keeps it really tight. You're not losing any humidity. Your packs last a long time and something like this. Um, 
But it is nice to have the temperature control. That's you, that's you what's really sold nice. me on it. I ain't paying six hundred dollars for it, but I might pay six hundred dollars or two hundred dollars for it. Yeah, well, I mean the the need one. If you go on Amazon, you can get the need ones are very similar. New Air is obviously the gold standard, and especially now that they're doing this this cool thing with Boveda, I think it's a. I would. I don't know if it's a worthy investment. I would. Did you say it was six hundred dollars for yeah. this one? Yeah, I don't know. The size, I think, at that point is what is what sells you because that's that's pretty big. Five hundred is is pretty big. All right, Trey. I know you Googled it while Zach was yeah, talking. Yeah, uh, yeah. We can move on. <laughs> I was right, wasn't I? <laughs> By four years. Uh, <laughs> I did not realize that Fight for Your Right came out in '86. Yes, yes, yes. Was you born in '86? I was not. Okay. I was born in '86. There's no way he was. <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought I would check. And all ages being what they are around here. Okay. So let's get, since we're kind of doing a lot of chattering, let's talk about Foundation's new cigars. I wanted to be sure we hit that this week, being as they're shipping. All right. Foundation shipping Charter Oak, Pasquale, and Pegnataro. Now, does it, this sounds like the Star Wars. Does these both sound like Star Wars names to you? Like, if, if you had two ships, the Pascal and the Pegnataro, you wouldn't miss a blink, would you? Yeah, probably not. So I smoked the dark one, and I think the dark one's the pigment, the Pascal. Yeah, I smoked the Pascal at the show. wasn't bad, but we talked about these coming coming out prior to the show. Zach, you're smoking a Charter Oak, yeah. and you admitted that it was an, an economics decision, yeah. financial decision. Yeah. Do you think these will sell at thirteen dollars each? I think they will. I think that there is, Foundation has it, uh, there are a couple other of those small boutique companies that have it. It's a, it's a cult following. And so I don't know if you're familiar with the story at all, but um, the, these are two names. Um, they are Nick Melillo's grand, grandfathers. And so it's, it's Pasquale is how he pronounced it, was his grandfather's name, and then Pegnataro is the other one. So strictly for that, I mean, there's a story behind it, and that's what I think is going to sell about it. But again, it's taken the Charter Oak line, and it's going back to the to the roots of it. Because Nick Melillo, he's from Connecticut, from the Connecticut River Valley, and his grandfathers grew up. One of his grandfathers smoked exclusively Connecticut Shade. One of his grandfathers smoked exclusively Connecticut Broadleaf. And so that's what these two cigars were made for. No more guests that know more than we do. (laughs) (laughs) So I think that's pretty cool. I I will definitely be smoking these two cigars strictly because Nick Melillo, he knows that's his his lineage. You know, he's he's in that Connecticut River Valley. He's one of the only cigar companies that's headquartered in Connecticut anymore. Um, And the fact that it's a Connecticut shade and a Connecticut broadleaf, I don't think he and he's he's selecting these tobaccos. He's making sure that these are the best of the best, and he's he's honoring his grandfather's with them. So for that. That very reason, I think it'll sell. And and I think you know we we all fell in love with the Charter Oak because of its price point. Mm-hmm. But if the Charter Oak was ten dollars, it would still be worth it. Mm-hmm. So, assuming there's some other differences to the blend, which I'm considering, the only difference across the line now are the wrappers, and this uses two of the same wrappers. It's got to be somewhat of a different blend to begin with. I think you can easily. Justify thirteen dollars a cigar. Uh, you know what, what's the the high clear castles up around eighteen now. Yeah. You know, the the wise bands at sixteen, and the tabernacles I think around fifteen sixteen mm-hmm. too. So it's still the budget. It still holds a budget price point consider compared to their other mainline. It stuff. does. Well, that fifteen to eighteen dollar range is seeming to be. That's about standard now. That's what you can expect at the, the middle of the line to pay for a cigar. Look yeah. at Perdomo. I mean, Perdomo is, they're always going to be the exact middle price point, and that's about where they're at. So, Well, one more story tonight that we got to hit because everybody knows I love Halloween. Halloween is one of my favorite seasons. We actually have the Mission Cigar Halloween Party coming up on the 28th. My wife and I already have our costumes. I hate that I won't be able to be here. Zach, um, I mean, are you going to be here for the Halloween I will not be here. My best friend is getting married on Sunday. Saturday night's the rehearsal dinner. But the rehearsal dinner is a, uh, it's a black, black attire encouraged, spooky themed rehearsal dinner. So, okay. So Gomez Adams, got it. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the haunting of J.C. Newman. So I heard about this YouTube series this morning, and I didn't get to watch it today. I actually wanted to watch it today before that. 
I love the tagline. Tens of thousands of people, cigar enthusiasts and the like. Well, I butchered that. Tens of thousands of people, cigar enthusiasts and the like, have passed through these doors and some have never left. And what this is, is it's about the ghosts in the J.C. Newman factory. Yeah. And more specifically in the, um, trying to see which, the El Raylo. Raylo? Is that how you pronounce that? R-E-L-O-J? El Raylo. El Raylo. Yep. The El Raylo side of the factory. And they're actually hosting a tour October 27th from 7 to 9 at the J.C. Newman factory. Would that not be the coolest thing ever? If I had known about this three weeks ago, I might have tried. Yeah. I, have you ever done, like, a ghost tour or a haunted tour in any, like, city you visited or anything like that? I've done candlelight tours of basement architecture and things like that. I have not done a haunted tour. So, obviously, some are better than others. They actually offer one in downtown Franklin. Mm-hmm. And I've been on that one. It's it's fun. It's a walk around downtown Franklin. You talk about some of the history. and um, the We did one. I've done... Of several of them, the one in San Antonio was phenomenal, and, and so I'm always a sucker for these kinds of things. Uh, so, uh, and then you add in the J.C. Newman in the Cigar Factory. I, I'm all I'm all for it. Yeah, I think this. Is, I wish they'd do this year round. I would do yeah. this year round. It don't have to just be one I, night on I Halloween. I bet if you called someone up at the the factory and said, "Hey, I've got." 12 guys from a cigar shop in Tennessee coming down. We're doing a big thing. We'd love if you could open the doors for us and do kind of a... You might be surprised. I might, I might talk to our rep about that. I might see if I get our rep, but we, we don't sell enough G.C. Newman cigars to have that kind of clout, but maybe he would make a special exception in hopes of increasing his footprint and leaving right. the door. And also, okay, Trey and I both last year have talked about our experiences with ghosts. Have you ever seen a ghost sect? I don't think I have. Never? I no. Do you believe ghosts exist? No, that's a hard question. I. It depends on what you mean by ghost, because I. I do believe in a in a spiritual realm. I don't necessarily know if there are certain people who get to pick that they just get to hang out in a specific place. It's kind of you would kind of imagine it being purgatory. Because not everybody turns into a ghost. I think we can all agree with that. They're, right. Like, when you die or when you are living, what about your life or your death gives you the special privilege to hang out in one specific spot? Or be damned to a, hang out. True. Yeah, as yeah. the case may be. I, I imagine the first 10 years are great. And then you get bored of scaring <laughs> people. Well, there's a couple of different theories of ghosts. And uh, if we're speaking from it, from the... The, is this the, a side sidebar to a cryptic corner? Is this the paranormal corner? Yes, this is. Well, you can't listen to Bigfoot stuff without getting a few ghost stories and a few UFO stories. And all, for some reason, they tie all that together, and you even get a couple of Dogman stories and things such as that. But um, one is that a ghost is not necessarily the person; it's an impression of the person that you know. The, the house that this person lived in for so long that their energy... It's part of their spirit. Right, their energy seeped into the fixtures. in the... Yeah. And also there's that, and then there is the, okay, there's some unfinished business, and this ghost is here to handle the unfinished business before I they I think cross that's the over. most common one that, that most people know. I think that's a romantic view of it. I think so, too, because I think... I think too many people leave this mortal coil with unfinished business. So like how how does the the universe or the spiritual realm determine what's valid uh, unfinished business versus what's right, sure. just Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I think you that's didn't kind get of to get Hollywood. see the Grand Canyon who cares. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a Hollywood kind of romanticized so version of that. And I'll but just quickly Trey and I'll each tell one of our ghost stories. So I seen a ghost at Pinkerton Park in Franklin. I was, you know, you're, you've lived in Franklin, so yeah. you know Pinkerton Park. Yeah. The hill you walk up to the battlefield behind yeah. Pinkerton Park. Yeah. I was walking up that hill. This has been 20, 29, 30 years ago. I was walking up that hill. I was on a field trip with school, and I looked, and sitting on a rock overlooking the Harpeth River was this girl crying in a full Civil War dress. 
And I just saw her, and then I glanced away, and then I said, wait, that's odd. And I turned around, and she's gone. Didn't hear her splash, didn't hear her move, didn't see tracks, nothing nothing like that. I'm fully convinced I've seen a ghost at Pinkerton Park, wow. that it was some Civil War widow sitting up there crying over, you know, her husband that got through in the river. Was it edibles, or were you smoking? Uh, no, no. <laughs> so, Never done anything like that. Here's what I think is really interesting about that story, and this is, because I do believe in ghosts, and I think the, I think this, most of the stories are ridiculous, but every once in a while, because you were there with your high school marching band, right? Right. Yeah, so the... The the I, I think you know knowing that the pipes and drums that traveled with Civil War armies, so there being another marching band Very in the proximity could have been that that spiritual yeah. kind of connection. Um, at least that's what I choose to believe. Uh, no, I was in San Antonio, and we were staying at the Hilton that that actually from our room you could see the Alamo right across cool. the street, and. Uh, we were there for three nights, and each night we would look in, and that famous top window of the Alamo, we could see a bright light, like a just like a regular incandescent bulb, mm-hmm. and you could see it clear as day from inside the the Alamo. So we go uh, right before we leave, we go back, and we're walking around looking like all like all throughout the Alamo trying to figure out like clearly they've rigged up security lights to make it past modern code and stuff like that there's no lights in the Alamo but sure as I'm sitting here talking to you I saw an, like an incandescent like a floodlight yeah um, and we actually talked to the security guard and he goes yeah and then he told us the story one of the more famous ghosts on the property was a guy who was killed uh, it was a the equivalent of a sniper. He was a sharpshooter that sat in that top window. And um, Very interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, Monty just gave us the wrap-it-up symbol. <laughs> he won't sack back to work. <laughs> he, he wants well, to I can, sit down. I can jump off and you guys can continue to go. I don't <laughs> no, we're, we're about ready to wrap it up. So here's what we do at the end of the show, Zach, is we rate our cigars. One being you would only ever smoke it again if it was offered to you by a grouchy third-world dictator. And seven being you would break your arm to pick up another one and all the levels in between. What would you rank your Charter Oak? Um, I'm going to give it a, you said one to seven? Uh-huh. I'm going to give it a four. It's better than a three. I, I, I enjoy this cigar a lot, and I like smoking it, but... Yeah, you're not invited back. <laughs> well, I'm not going to give it a seven. I'm not going to... Breaking my arm is going a long ways. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of... And then would I sprain my ankle for it? And then would I slip my wrist for it? Like how... how you know. So if, I think uh, maybe a five. Um, I enjoy the cigar. I always enjoy it. That, that, that cigar for me is about a five and a half. Yeah. It's a six for me. Yeah. Okay. You know, and so this cigar... We're also very generous with our ratings. I am not. Here, so so that's... <laughs> I, have, I have not smoked enough cigars yet where I know that one has absolutely blown my mind. I will say... Recently, we didn't get to talk about the uh, Siri V Figurino, but uh, my wife just surprised me. I had no interest in the Oliva Siri V 135 edition, and uh, she just brought it home one day. I was like, oh, interesting pick. You know, I'm not really an Oliva guy, but I'll give it a smoke. And it was phenomenal. I loved it. It hit my flavor palette really right. And so that's my, right now, and that was just a couple weeks ago, so right now that's my, that's my level of like, that might be my seven, my six and a half, okay. seven. Yeah. Yeah. So the anesthesia is excellent. It's always a six. Um, it's not so remarkable as to be a seven, but price point on this is about 11 bucks, which is an outstanding price point for this it really cigar. Is. The flavor is excellent. The quality is there. Everything's good. This is a solid six all day long. All right. What is the third Saturday? It's a it's a five. It's it's good. It, it's not great. Um, I think it's it's really good for the price point. I think to your point about trying to hit that mass appeal, I think it absolutely delivers on that. Not a huge Ashton fan. It's just a little. It's a little. Le- under nuance for my taste. That that's what I would have picked you to pick it at would mm-hmm. be at about a five. I figured it'd be there, but I wanted I didn't want something that people would smoke and then never come back and buy right. another third Saturday. Right. So I wanted something that kind of you know, we, I didn't want to be risky. I had to stay safe and yeah, no, I think I think you hit the I, I think as far as executing on what this was supposed to be is flawless. 
But as a cigar, it's a five. All right. How do they get a hold of us, Trey? You can reach us at facebook.com slash the cigar cast. We're at Instagram and Twitter at the cigar cast and email info at the cigar cast.com. Well, Zach, thank you for joining us tonight. Gentlemen, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. You, you are welcome back anytime. Been here. You're welcome back anytime you want to agree with me. <laughs> uh, but until next week, everyone, have a great cigar and think well of us. Mm-hmm.